All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. You know here at the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around the drink. And today I have my trusty water here boom 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 h2o always good for the soul mm-hmm. and then you can never go wrong with a good cold glass of bourbon with a little splash of sugar-free red bull let me see mm. yeah that's it all right and today i am joined in the cafe by queenie say hello queenie hello people all right and what are you drinking on over there the whiskey mixed drink. Is it good? Mm-hmm. Do you know what it's mixed with? I don't know. I just started drinking and it's good. Okay. So we are on episode 63. Episode 63 is entitled Seeking Truth Through Peace and Healing. So that's episode 63. Seeking Truth Through Peace peace and healing so before we get into that topic which is really going to be her topic because she's the one who needed all the healing in the world because let me tell you <laughs> dealing with her was very difficult growing up all right so first of all how was your week let's start there it was good being here visiting you and davion's graduation it was good yeah the graduation was good my son's graduation was this weekend um and then we did hibachi Mm-hmm. And then hung out. Family came from some of my family came from Detroit. Um, y'all came from Alabama, yes, to come to the to the graduation. So it was pretty good. So I appreciate that. Um, and Davion told me to tell y'all again. Thank you for coming down. No problem. Mm-hmm. Sound like you sound like you over there. <laughs> <laughs> sound like you got dry throat. What's going on? You need some water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who don't know, this is my sister. So um, I have one sister. So she is my youngest sister. Um, growing up, I felt like we got along growing up. But then once I moved away I, and you went to the Marines, I felt like I didn't know you anymore. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, we kind of all went our separate ways. I went and did schooling and law school. And then she went to the Marines and um got married and went on to her personal life. But also whenever we would come and interact, um, I always felt, I don't know, it was hard being around you mm-hmm. because you were always, you always had attitude. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to tell the people, um, what, first of all, do you even know why you were so angry as a person? I don't know. And maybe I wasn't happy. As I should have been. So everything made me angry. Like it can be the smallest thing and I blow it out of proportion, you know? Yeah. And that makes people, I never understood what it's important to have positive energy and all that. So I realized that my anger was just too much. And I was always wondering like, why people don't want to be around? So they have to take me in increments. And I never knew what that meant. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I knew it was hard to be around me. But okay, so let me ask this question. Did you know that it was hard being around you at the time? Or are you saying you you found that out in retrospect? 
I found that out afterwards. All like right. going through growth and maturing, I found that out. I was like, well, wait. Back then, I was kind of me. Like, not kind of. I really was me. And I realized that. But going through that, and at the time, of course, you don't see stuff until after it happens. Mm -hmm. So at the time, no. I just thought everybody else had problems. So, but, okay, so. <laughs> so you thought it was everybody else yeah. and not you. But even though everybody didn't want to be around yeah. you. And even though everybody was calling you a bitch and everything else <laughs> behind your back, you thought it was everybody else but you. Yes. And like people at work and I'm like, why do they keep calling me bipolar and crazy? I'm like, that's not who I am, you know? But mm. I'm like, it's everybody else, not me. So what precipitated the growth? Was it just the fact that you, you became mature or was there some kind of pivotal moment that you said, I need to change? Like what, what was it? Do you know? What's crazy when COVID first happened? I realized it because I was like, I'm too upset with life and too sad. And I felt like a black cloud was always around me. And I didn't like that feeling. And mm -hmm. I seen it, that it was too much taken out on my kids too. And I noticed the way they were interacting with me with fear and not everything, you know, like happiness mm -hmm. more than being scared of me. And I don't want my kids to fear me like that. So I had to take a time and realize what was going on within so I can kind of change some things so that I'd be happier because I wanted to be happy. I was tired of being angry all the time or sad and depressed and this and that, you know, so. Did you go through like counseling? Did you do meditation? Like what was going on? Like how did you just adjust it to recognize once you recognize that, okay, I kind of am fucked up, right? <laughs> how did you recognize the change? I mean, is it just you just did it on like cold no, turkey or no. what and then what's crazy i have times where i lash out again and i'd be like no i don't want to go back to that person because she wasn't happy you know so it started off with me trying to increase my disability i talked to a counselor but i only talked to her once i started walking more mm -hmm. and being by myself i started getting more tattoos that was therapy for me tattoos yes yeah, so every time i would get a piece it was to help me like the peace, I had to reach to my soul because I feel like my soul wasn't healed. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I did spray cleaning of my aura and my energy. And that what makes me feel like, okay, this can be a good change. You know? but, but what was it about the tattoo? Was it just that the, the, like whatever image that you was placed on your body meant something? Or was it the pain of the tattoo? Like what was it about was therapeutic for you i've never heard of that That's yes nice. it was all of that like i felt the pain and then like after like if i was to get a big piece that meant so much to me after i would complete it i would feel like this relief mm -hmm. like it was just something that came over me and it made me feel like this is really working like the tattoo therapy is working did anyone suggest that for you or no I just went out and I started back getting my tattoos and then I realized like this is helping me mm -hmm. to the more I got tattoos, the more I felt like I was relieving any anger or pain I had within my soul. My soul was being relieved. Mm -hmm. Cause did, I, yeah. did you go through any kind of like spiritual awakening, like church or gospel music or anything like that? Well, I listen to gospel music when I'm feeling low again. That helps me. But I stopped going to church. I feel like it was better for me not to go. I'm more spiritual than religious. So I felt like I needed to step away from what everyone was telling me to believe and to find out what I need to believe for me. And how do you know, you know, there might be people who, who will say, well, you know, 
pastors or whomever, I don't know what your religion was that you were practicing, but if it was, you know, I don't know, what was it? Seven day Adventist. Oh yeah. See, I don't know nothing about that. Um, so what do they call the leader? Is it a pastor still? It's a pastor. So, you know, some people may say, well, you know, the pastors are blessed um to understand what the bible means and understand how to get the religion uh, get a closer relationship with god mm-hmm. and you not have that educational guidance or that spiritual guidance how do you know that where you have gone or where you think you are now is spiritual for me i love my pastor i did but church i didn't feel the people like i belong in the church because mm-hmm. we started off where I, we were in a bad place and i felt like even during our prosperous journey and growing and you know what I'm saying? We accomplished a lot of things and I felt like they didn't see the growth. Like they just saw the past. They've been the people in the church. In the church, yes. I didn't feel like the rest of the church saw it. The pastor would recognize it and say something about it, but I didn't feel like the people did. It just wasn't a building that I wanted to go to anymore because mm-hmm. it made me sad. You're not supposed to be sad going to church. Yeah. But I feel like I know when i'm growing spiritually i feel it Mm -hmm. i i have talks with god and i feel his presence more Mm -hmm. so that's how i know that i'm growing and you can learn things on your own that's just how i feel Mm -hmm. like some people believe that they just have to go into church in order to feel god i don't feel that Mm -hmm. i don't believe that so so um did you go through moments where you were like you know some people go through this various steps of healing right Mm -hmm. some of it is the breaking down of the parts of them that doesn't make them happy anymore right Mm -hmm. some folks go through the crying and all that like how did what was your journey like mine was it was i went through a point of frustration i wanted to give up so bad like well maybe i should just accept me and whoever don't accept it forget them but that's not the way i wanted to live Mm -hmm. so I went through a point where I was crying. Mm-hmm. I went through a point where I was just happy all the time. It could be bad news happening all the time and I still smile. So it just depends on what part of me I was facing mm-hmm. and trying to change. Like the angry part of me, I was getting frustrated. When I was trying to change that part of me, I would get frustrated. But I didn't want to change everything about me because a lot of things that I did have that I thought were bad, I needed it. You know, like, like what? Like how I would get, I didn't take crap for some people. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to keep that. Like I know now for sure that I'm not responsible for people's feelings. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter of how comfortable, I'm not here to make you comfortable with dealing with me. You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I wanted to keep that part of me because that part of me made sense. Even if the other parts didn't. Uh Uh-huh. But, um... So, but on that point, when you're talking about you, 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 you're not here to make. What did you say? You're not here to make care about other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. But isn't that what motivated you partially to change, like folks' feelings and perceptions about you? Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't that kind of an impetus though towards you wanting to change who you are? How do you reconcile the two? Right. Mm -hmm. Because they could be two different things. They can. And competing. So how do you reconcile it so that that is that that you're not concerned about people's feelings, but yet you part of the motivation was that 
you were concerned about pe- people's feelings. Yes. And then what's crazy, it sounds so contradicting, but I realized I'm a very contradictory person. Mm-hmm. Like, so I care about people's feelings up to the, a certain extent. Like if you don't like certain things that I do, I'm not going to do that on purpose or intentionally. Mm-hmm. I would try not to do that around you, mm-hmm. but I'm not supposed to make everyone feel happy just because I'm happy. Those are the type of feelings that I feel like I'm not responsible for. If you want to be a miserable individual, that's on you. But I'm not going to be make you feel comfortable with me. I'm unapologetically comfortable in my skin. Mm-hmm. So I'm not apologizing or looking for validation to anyone. And I felt like I was doing it. I was looking for more validation and trying to make everyone happy with me and disregarding me being happy with me, which is more important, is the most important thing. Right. Because if you're not happy, then you how can you be there wholeheartedly for your children or, you know, open and emotionally um, and mentally prepared? So did 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 they see do you know whether or not they saw a change? And have you all had that conversation when I say them, the children? Yes, we have it all the time, especially with my oldest, because he used to be like, oh, mama mad. Or he used to like tiptoe around me and I never want him to feel that way because i never been a good communication affection wasn't a thing for us you know growing up like affection and all that i didn't know how to feel around it It makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so with him i had a discussion with him about it and he's like yeah because back then i used to be angry about everything but now he see that i'm not like things that would have pissed me off or made me frustrated and just shut down it don't do that anymore i let things go Mm -hmm. and i slide it off Mm -hmm. very quickly Mm-hmm. I don't hold on to everything like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see the difference. Um, you, it, it's hard sometimes with you particularly because your facial expressions. Um, so you're over here tearing up and stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> your facial expressions sometimes give you the the perception that you're angry. Mm -hmm. And so do you get that a lot? Um, And how do you navigate through that? I still get it. I get it all the time. And I'm like, well, this is just how my face look. Mm -hmm. I have a walking bitch face no matter what I do. So Walking or resting? Well, resting, walking. Yeah, resting. That's what they call it, resting Mm -hmm. bitch face. Yeah, I have that. RBF. Yeah. So it's not nothing. That's something that is hard to kind of realize that you're doing it Mm because I don't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I get that a lot too. And so you think you're at a place of peace and healing. I do. Um, and is is that something that you think is ever growing? And, and, and in other words, is it um, a fluid process or do you feel like you're at peace? You know what peace is, you know what healing is, or are you still on that journey of searching for it? Does well, that make sense? Yes, it does. I feel like I, be, I came to a place where... This particular piece I'm at, I'm fine if it don't go further because I know what it is now. But I do want to grow and learn more things so that my piece can't be broken because I still have a habit of. I try not to allow people to interrupt my piece or break my piece, but some do get in and it kind of like messes it up. So I want to get to the point in a life where nothing can penetrate my piece like it's just there so I believe I'm still growing with it. Mm-hmm. What 
what amount, if any, do you think um, your childhood growing up contributed to the unhappiness that you experienced before you began this journey? Or do you think it's a combination of things, even as you, you know, went and was in the Marines and doing all that? Like, what do you think? I think that it started in childhood, but it kind of like during life, it kind of like enhanced it and made me want to because I feel like I was going through the same thing over and over and over again. And I was tired of doing that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're at the point in life where you're at peace or do you feel like you want to get there or you okay either or? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I am at a place where I am at peace. Um, mainly because I know kind of who I am. I kind of know what I want in life. Um, and I've been gradually getting to where I think I ultimately want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I'm comfortable with being by myself, right? And so now that I'm comfortable with being by myself, I know it's fine. Like I can, you know, waking up, it's beautiful just being able to sit on my porch and read, right? Mm -hmm. Without having to worry about anyone or mm -hmm. having to be concerned about what other people may think. Now, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pretty fun to be around. Um but I mean, I have my moments too, where it's like, I don't, I hate the world, right? Mm -hmm. I think we all, we all go through those moments where you hate something or you hate, you know, who you are or where you may, you know, what, how you may react to certain things. I do have those moments, but I, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm at peace. I've learned, I think I've learned to separate myself from people. Mm -hmm. And that can be family, friends, whatever. I mean, I mean, you, you know, I rarely go home. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I don't know, I just separated myself from that part of my life, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want it to seem like, oh, he thinks he's better than the rest of us because that's not what it is. It's just that home for me isn't the same anymore. It doesn't. I mean, going back to Detroit, it doesn't give me that same warm feeling that mm -hmm. I used to have. Right. And I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. Um, but it just. It, you know, I still tell people, yes, I'm from Detroit because I always want to claim it, but it just doesn't seem that way anymore. Yeah. And and mainly, I think, because everyone who I grew up with, who I love, that we always hung around with, you know, they all got their own shit going on in life, right? They all are grown kids, this, that, and the third. So it's not as cohesive as it used to be. Um, I think is what's contributing to that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but. Oh, no, you answered it. I uh -huh. get that. Um, but you know, it, 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 it is a journey. Like, I don't know if you ever watch Yana Van Zandt. You ever watched her show, mm -hmm. Fix My Life? Oh yeah. I've seen a couple of episodes. So I, you know, I've read some of her books too, which I really liked. So I was reading one of her books that's called Yesterday I Cried. It's one of her old books, right? And there's a passage that I highlighted and she says this, she says, the thing that makes the jacuzzi, the money, the love, or anything that you may desire to have or experience in your life worthwhile is your willingness to clean up the crap. Most of the time, it's not even your stuff. It could be something that someone else dropped off in your life. It could be something that you picked up because at first, 
you didn't realize what it was. Sometimes you pick up something thinking it's something else. And by the time you realize what it really is, you've got a real mess to clean up. And so that passage resonated with me because I feel like so often in life as we navigate through it, we tend to, and I know I do this a lot, I tend to make other people's problems my problems, right? And so that thing, that jacuzzi, the money or that happiness that I'm looking for is there's always something in a way because it's not necessarily my shit that I have. Mm -hmm. It's just that I pulled other people's shit into it. Right. And mm -hmm. so now I feel like I'm obligated to do something. Mm -hmm. If I don't go this amount, I'm not a real friend. Or if I don't do this, I'm not a real family member. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, part of the peace, I think, and the journey or the seeking truth through peace and healing is recognizing that sometimes you have to drop people's shit off where they, where you picked it up and allow them to deal with it. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you, you, you feel like, okay, from a religious standpoint, I don't, I don't go to church like I used to, but I am spiritual. And I do think part of the blessings that I have is because of my, the way I deal with people. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I try my best to help as many people as I can in my way. Right. Um, and so when I do that, I feel like I'm blessing, I'm getting blessings in, in return as a result of that. Mm -hmm. But I can also see how someone might think, oh, the only reason you're doing this is because you think you're getting something out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I kind of digress. But, you know, when you're going through life, you inevitably pick up other people's baggage. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to to separate your own baggage from the baggage that you pick up that wasn't yours. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? It makes sense. And that goes with what I was saying about protecting people's feelings. I don't feel like I have to hold on to people that's not, I feel like it's not reciprocating my actions with them. And I had that problem too. Like I was more of a friend than people were to me, but I didn't see it until after I let them go. Like, why am I doing so much for you? And you're not returning that. And not, it's not that you're looking for it, but can you at least meet me halfway? But people right. don't see life. The way you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just expect it because you're that type of person that they can go to whenever and always going to be there. So they expect you to be that way. Right. So. Or, or they'll try to say, well, don't, if you're going to do something for somebody, don't throw it in their face. That right. kind of, that BS. And it's like, I'm not necessarily throwing it in your face. I'm just saying, like, I mean, <laughs> come on, like, can <laughs> Can you at least pretend right, like, like, like you, you <laughs> like you want to be a real friend? You know right, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, where's my friendship? I don't yeah. feel like I'm getting the same friend I'm being. And I've always been like that with people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I say this a lot. I, um, that I, I think every relationship requires work, energy and effort. And so I tend to try to treat my friendships the same I would with a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately all of it matters and it all requires work. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, yes, we can, You, everyone have the type of friends that they can just, you know, hang out, laugh with, you know, get drunk with. Um, but, you know, you still work to get there, right? Mm -hmm. You still are exerting energy, matching energy. Um, and sometimes what, what happens, I think, is that we allow people to, take the energy from us because we're trying to overcompensate for, you know, whatever is missing in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And instead of just saying, yeah, now this ain't for me, I'm out. Um, sometimes people work harder towards trying to make something there that really is never going to be there. Mm -hmm. so if, you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and so 
is the peace and healing do you think that it has resonated through all facets of your life like with your kids with your family friends and love life or are you well i think it has but more so with my kids like that was the main purpose it didn't have to do with family because i don't have to see family every day if i choose not to Mm -hmm. or friendships even though you want those type of relationships with people especially your blood or people that you have been around your whole life you want that Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm not forcing. I don't like being around someone and I feel like their energy is off because mm-hmm. like people don't realize you can fake words and actions to me, but you can never fake your energy. Okay. So you feel that. So I don't like to force anything or feel like I'm forcing myself on someone mm-hmm. that makes any sense. I don't like to feel like I'm forcing yeah, a relationship. You, 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 with fucked, them. you fucked up my energy yesterday. At the- <laughs> At the fuck, not with you at, at Fud Workers. Your you, whole face was drawn. Uh, my like, energy was, was gone. Y'all I'm, just sucked no, my. That was you. Y'all just sucked my energy completely dry. Like it, you, maybe I sucked your energy dry. Nah, I mean he was he contributed to it, but y'all contributed to it too. Y'all was you know it's so hard you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I I hear you. I'm I, I'm I'm big on the energy thing too. You know, but sometimes you can read energy incorrectly too yeah you can right you properly can. was what i did yesterday like i told you today or i think i said something yesterday after the fact maybe it was either after we came out of footwalkers and i asked you why did you have attitude no you Remember? asked me we was in starbucks starbucks mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. um because you know that contributed to and you basically said i read it incorrectly mm-hmm. um but um, I, you, part of the reason I kind of wanted to do this is based off our conversation from the beach. So that was the first time that I really felt like we had a true conversation about how we felt about things, mm-hmm. um, which was a good conversation. I'm not going to repeat it here um, just because you got to protect the, the innocent. Uh, no, <laughs> but it was a good conversation. Like I saw you differently. Yeah, right? me too. I saw um, you differently. Um, and in a better light mm-hmm. you know I mean, yes you're my sister but you also got on my fucking nerves mm-hmm. because you always had an attitude mm-hmm. um and and it was it was difficult to navigate through that and it was hard for me as a brother to be a big brother because the natural reaction would be is just the way we grew up is mm-hmm. to yeah 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 at you like get your shit together why are you always got a fucking attitude and that wasn't going to be productive it was just end us us fighting at the end of the day um, and so I took the the easier route out of just backing off and letting you be. Mm-hmm. But I think I did that and that that was detrimental um, to the continuation of relationship because because I didn't like the energy, I didn't come down as much and see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't interact with you all as much mm-hmm. um, because I just felt like you had a nasty attitude. And your attitude stink to me. No, I have yeah, a great no, attitude. No, 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 Your attitude, it just seemed my, like... My attitude is no, good. Thank you. you. <laughs> All right, this show is over. Thank y'all. <laughs> you just always have one of those attitudes like you are unapproachable. So mm. I didn't feel like I could come to you as my big brother because I didn't feel like I knew the way to approach you. Mm-hmm. And I don't like walking on, especially not now, I can't stand walking on eggshells with people. Wait, so, so what, did you, not... what do you mean unapproachable? Like... Like I was stuck up? No, 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 no. Not stuck up. It just seemed like you were angry. And I'm like, I didn't know if you were angry towards me or what it was. But I just felt like Mm -hmm. you always were mad at something. Mm -hmm. So, And I'm like, is it because of us or you don't like being around us? That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how. But that conversation, like you said, on the beach, 
it made me understand you. Mm -hmm. And it took me this long too. You get what I'm saying? Like, because I didn't understand you before. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I was harboring a lot of stuff and anger and uh, um and and misplaced energy. But also, rightfully, I was protecting my own energy. Um, but maybe I wasn't doing it the proper way. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, but it 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 dovetails the whole point of being able to have conversations and and not to plug my podcast unnecessarily. <laughs> but sitting on the beach having drinks, it was easy for us to navigate through that conversation mm -hmm. because we were at a place where we were meeting each other at the same place, same time. And we were on the same wavelength, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, which is why I think, you know, this is the whole point of this whole show. It's like, I do think I'm not promoting alcoholism, but <laughs> I do think that, you know, having a drink, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic, it breaks the barrier. It's an icebreaker, an easy icebreaker to have those uncomfortable conversations. Um, and, you know, sometimes you, you hear things and it stings or mm -hmm. you get upset about hearing it. Um, but it's important because like you said, you can't always protect everyone else's feelings mm -hmm. because if you go into, if you get into the business of protecting other people's feelings, you lose sight of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you're lost. So, right. Um, and then you take that out on people who have nothing to do with the anger issues that you're dealing with. Like I, your kids. And I've, I mean, I've done that. I mean, I'm sure growing up, my mom, mom has, um, direct the anger towards us that we were not we didn't have shit to do with it you yeah. know what i mean but you know that's just part of life growing up uh but yeah it was a, it was a it was a good conversation i will say that i you know i see the growth um obviously i wouldn't have you in my house if i didn't i don't care what kind of family you're you ain't coming up to here if you got negative energy okay <laughs> um no but i see that right um and then the fact that you know you all took off for took off for your time energy and effort to attend davion's graduation that you know that's not an obligation you're not obligated to do that mm -hmm. that stuff that you could have just sent a card and say hey congratulations you know what yeah. i mean but you were here um and it's it's those small things that really matter like mm -hmm. you you remember those people who make the effort and like what we were talking about um part of this journey of seeking truth through peace and healing is recognizing that just because people are family don't mean that you gotta bend over backwards mm -hmm. right um if people are not making any kind of effort to meet you part of the way you know I, I you you have to pick and choose when you want them in your life at that point i think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right anything else are you done talking <laughs> no i mean you were talking but sorry i'm done oh, oh no you're fine go ahead but i just feel like that's the whole thing like just because your blood, I don't have to necessarily, like you said, bend over backwards because you're family. Mm -hmm. So I don't go out of my way for people just because they're family. Like mm -hmm. I try and that's all I can do, but I'm not going to continue to try for me and everyone else mm -hmm. because that's not my job. I don't have to do that. Yeah. So I don't like my energy polluted. I don't like none of that negativity. I don't like that. Yeah. It needs to, it, it definitely needs to be um, something that, that where you all are all in sync with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, family are just like relationships, in my opinion. You, it's, it requires um, work, but it also requires all parties involved to want to work. And mm -hmm. there are some people who are just stubborn who don't want to work, or some people just don't know how to. Yeah. I mean, 
look look at us. We didn't know how to communicate with each other, right? We grew up in the same fucking household. Um, but you know, granted, I I left. Ooh, what grade were you in when I left? I don't think um, you went high school. You went middle school, right? I think I were in middle school. About to go to high school. I think Maybe I was in eighth grade, something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, that that whole part of you going into high school was lost for me, right? Mm -hmm. And so you couldn't necessarily depend on me as a big brother at that point. I mean, you could call me, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's it, it's not the same because we lost I lost that. Mm -hmm. Um and it's not because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to go to school. Yeah. But but you know we didn't i don't think we did a good job of working towards um keeping that relationship open and honest yeah. that makes sense it does um but i'm glad that we're able to kind of like have that conversation now um and i feel like i can call you and you know bitch and complain about people or <laughs> even myself you know something yeah. i'm going through i feel like that i am me being vulnerable would be safe Right. Yeah. Before I didn't feel that way, yeah. and you also said you didn't feel that way. I didn't. Yeah. Um. And you know, I you know, I take this moment to I I I'm sorry you felt that way. Um. I. I think it was just miss, missed. I don't know. Yeah. Misreading the the energy and, you know, two people who have anger, who have anger, um, sometimes just can't see through the. The fog of things. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of your growth. I'm glad that you are, you are seeking your, your element of, of peace and healing. I can see it because I genuinely like being around you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like it's always felt like it was a barrier. Yeah. Whenever so, we try to talk or yeah. try that relationship, it yeah. was always it was, something it getting was in the way. Something getting in the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like something was blocking it. I yeah. don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we unblocked your, it. Your energy. No, it was yours too. Okay, it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Girl. But I'm yeah, I'm glad it's fixed now. And I'm looking over here on this wall and I'm looking at the wine picture at the bottom. And it's bothering me sitting here because it's crooked. It needs to go over up on the right. Hold up. Keep talking. Oh my God. Something is really wrong with you. You know that? Yeah, but it's bothering me. So there's another piece of this book um, where she says, she being a Yana Van Zandt, she says, um, it now seems absolutely amazing to me that when you really need help, the ego, your pride will not allow you to ask for it. Have you been in situations where you knew you needed help, but your pride, your ego got in the way? Yes, I have. Most of my life. Yeah, that's how I am. Like I, um, I, 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 and I think that contributed to the anger, mm -hmm. right? Because I felt like I couldn't ask anyone, but then I didn't even try. Yeah. So how do I know I couldn't ask for help? Yeah. But it was my pride not wanting to be seen like you know that I needed, like I couldn't manage it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that contributed to that, and I think for me, I don't know for you, but for me, I always felt like. I was not expected to need help. I was more expected to be the helper, mm -hmm. um, even growing up. Yeah, I um, felt like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. So because I felt like I was always the shoulder and I couldn't have no one else's shoulder. So I felt like, dang, you out of all people asking because I wouldn't ask. Right. I felt like, why are you asking? This is not what people expect of you. So I didn't. Yeah. I just got to the point where I was like, well, if I don't have it, I don't have it. It's yeah. just how it's going to be. Right. You, know, so. you, you just figure it out and navigate through it. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times that's us blocking our own. Like, I know I do that. I know that's one of my biggest issues is I'm always in my head and I overthink mm-hmm. everything. I overthink everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, part of my journey, one of the most important things that I think I want to get through navigating through my journey of peace and 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 healing, because I'm not there, um, definitely striving forward every day. But one piece that I do want is to be free to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because I think vulnerability teaches us lessons. It mm-hmm. teaches us humility. Um, it teaches us resilience. It mm-hmm. teaches us uh, the ability to problem solve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this a lot, like, you know, growing up in Detroit, you, there were so many things that we did not have that we had to create from nothing, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, then and, and this is no different from any other black person story. I think black people are some of the most resilient individuals because we had to do without for so long, Mm -hmm. most of us, that you have to find ways to to flip it, Mm -hmm. right? You know, think of something as stupid as batteries, right? Yeah. Now, you know, growing up damn well, we ain't had no stock of triple A or double A batteries. What we'll do is when we finish with those damn batteries, we'll put the shit in the freezer, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's like you find ways to like, you know, get what you need by what you don't have. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's one thing that I want to continue to particularly do in this journey of seeking peace and healing is to learn to be a little more vulnerable. Yeah. And um, then that's my thing, too. Like, I'm an overthinker. I overanalyze everything. It can be a small thing and people be like, why are you overthinking it? You right. know, so I'm trying not I'm trying to learn to be to free my mind my mind be so clogged mm-hmm. at times and i'm like why am i still thinking of this so i'm learning how to mentally let stuff go yeah then i have spiritually because yeah. yes like it doesn't bother me but my mind still replaces it so yeah. that's hard for me and i'm learning how to be vulnerable as well yeah. and i need to learn how to show affection and know that affection is okay yeah yeah so um yeah I, you know affection for us is a family unit just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 it's just, I, it just wasn't there. Yeah, it, it wasn't. No, none of the households that I knew, right? Yeah. Some were a little different than others, but it just wasn't there. Um, and yet, affection is important, particularly when you have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one thing that I try to do, and I, I said this in my Father's Day post, is that, you know, I make it a point, even when I am upset with Dave Young, because he does have a smart ass fucking mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Want to punch him in his fucking throat, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I I I want him to see me to be an affectionate with him. Mm-hmm. We hug each other. We say we love you. Like it's those things that you don't do a lot, and I didn't receive a lot mm-hmm. growing up, so I didn't know how to receive him when someone tried to give it to me, right? Mm-hmm. But I knew in my path of you know, navigating through life that I, that was a piece that destroyed who I could be um, because I didn't know how to be affectionate. I didn't know how to 
um, be loved, right? Or mm-hmm. to love other folks. Um, and so that was one of my biggest things of reaching for my point of peace and healing. Um, and being a, being a parent, it forces you quickly to figure out where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Either you continue to to place kids in the predicaments that you were in that you didn't like, or you find a way to flip it and change it. Like I didn't grow up with my father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I make it a point. I don't give a shit what's going on. I don't care how upset we are with each other. I want my son to always know I'm there, period, mm-hmm. right? I'm always going to be in his life. Um, I may not always give him what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want him to understand that me being his father is one of the most important things in my life outside of anything else. Um, yeah. And, you know, that took me some time to learn mm-hmm. um, because I just don't think we were equipped with that growing up. That's just my opinion, but. Yeah, I, mean, I say it all the time. I had to learn affection. I'm still learning it. I'm learning it. It's okay for people to show me how much they care. It's yeah. okay because it felt it feels awkward yeah. at times when you get it or you try to do it. Like I had a situation where my father, he was like, I don't feel like you love me. You don't even show it. Like, how am I supposed to know this is how you care? Because I didn't know how to show I love you, yeah. you know? And then when I did do it, it felt strange. Like, yeah. I was like, what is this? This is not how I'm supposed to be feeling or what I'm supposed to be doing to show someone. Yeah. Like, this is not the right way because I didn't know it. Yeah. But I'm learning, especially for my kids, I had to realize, especially the youngest one, he's very open to everything. He's different, you know? Yeah. So he don't care about showing you affection. He don't care where he is. So I had to learn, like, this is the normal. This yeah. is supposed to be how he's supposed to interact with me, you know? So yeah. I'm learning as well. And it's it's a nice experience growing and healing and finding peace. Yeah, it's a nice it's it's it is a nice experience, but it also could be lonely. It is. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you tend to shy away from those folks who who felt who filled void in your life. Mm-hmm. But even though they filled void in your life the in wrong way, mm-hmm. right? They were not supposed to be there. But because they they filled the void, you allowed them to continue to be in that space. Mm-hmm. And you took in the false perspective that you loved them as a person or that they were a great friend. Or this is someone that you really want to hang out with. And when reality is, is that they're not, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, yeah, you know, growth can be lonely, though. It can be. It can be. Like it was the same that I saw and it was like, um, even the right part of me can be the wrongest way for the wrong person. Yeah. Or even the worst part of me can be the best fit for the right person. Yeah. And I feel like that's the case. Like no matter how good I try to be for somebody, if they're not right for me, they're not right for me. Yeah. No matter what some people are just supposed to be in your life for a second. Yeah. But you have to know who those people are that you're supposed to hold on to. Because that's hard, too. Yeah. And then you try not to pull away from everyone, but going through growth, you like you said, it is lonely. Yeah. Because you don't know who's supposed to be there and who's not. Yeah. You're going, you're going through a, um, a, a stage of, of um, purging. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you purge the wrong people. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> you purge the right people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's a process. Like, you know... Um, I, I say this, I, I don't really only have like in this area of like two or three friends that I hang out with all the time, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thought I had more, but then I realized that, yeah, no, we're not really friends. Uh, we we filled voids in each other's space and time at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it is what it is. I mean, 
you know but yeah it gets it gets lonely um but you know it's it it is a process and a necessary process mm-hmm. because once you get to the point where you're able to know first of all you know who you are mm-hmm. right and as you age i guess age typically helps you get to that point mm-hmm. um and then you kind of know who you want around you mm-hmm. right um but you know part of that process also is that you eliminate people so quickly now at least i do that you don't give them enough chance to grow on you because sometimes yeah. people have to grow <laughs> right yeah. because you you if you go and buy a, a a plant from the fucking walmart if you don't do something to it it's gonna die i mean yeah. hey it's gonna walmart hey. <laughs> but b you know you know what i mean you yeah. you have to you have to nourish whatever you're getting yeah. um, to get whatever the end result is. But yeah, so. Yeah, I don't give people chances. I know that's how I am now. I don't even allow people to grow them. They have to be persistent in order for me to be like, okay, maybe this person was cool. Like I told a girl at work one day, like I thought you were so dinky. I didn't want nothing to do with you. But I was like, but learning you, I like this you. Like this mm-hmm. was the you that you always been, but I didn't allow you to come into mm-hmm. my space and allow you to show me who you were. Mm-hmm. And I think that I allow people to do that now because once I start going through growth, I felt like my energy was vulnerable then. Like a lot of people was opening up and feeling like they can come to me because I was this different person and this free person that people was seeming like I was approachable. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. But okay, so on that point though, do you think that... um like you were saying that they have to be persistent but do you think that as a result of that that you are given the signal that that you're unapproachable or do you think it's just that's just what it is they need to work towards it um well some it seemed like they feel like they need to work towards it because i tend to put my guard up and i try not to because I feel like that blocks blessings and mm-hmm. blocks things that's supposed to be for me. Mm-hmm. There's but, a great book out called Don't Block the Blessing by, well, it's an old book, but it's by Patty LaBelle. It's a great book. You should read it. And <laughs> she has a song that says Don't Block the Blessing, which is a great song too. But go ahead. <laughs> you just had to shout her out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just feel like some feel as though that's what they need to be, persistent. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I was persistent with them and that's mm-hmm. what they feel like they should reciprocate mm-hmm. and then it's just some that that's just who they are mm-hmm. like they don't feel like if they continue to do things then maybe i'll forget about them yeah. or i won't recognize that they're there and trying to be in my life yeah no i get that that makes sense um but yeah okay well this was a great conversation yes anything else you need to say before we wrap it up like we've been talking for about nine hours i know <laughs> about 45 minutes or so uh-huh with all the hiccups in between that I'm going to take out. Um, anything else on your part? No. All right. Well, um, anyhow, you are on episode 63. Episode 63 is finding truth through peace and healing. Um, I want to take a moment to thank Queedy for being here. Anything else you want to say to the people um, before we depart? Um. Nothing. Peace is a journey. It's not a sprint. So it's a marathon. You have to go through the bad to get to the good. Mm -hmm. So 
Don't give up. You're a fine piece. That's right. It's Don't a beautiful thing. Do not give up, people. All right. So make sure you know here at Peeps Creek, we always have a good conversation centered around drink. It a drinks. It does not need to be alcohol, but you know, a brother like a little alcohol every once in a while. So that's what I choose to do. Um, but you will find all our links on the video uh, to our social media. If you want to communicate, be on the podcast, send an email. The link would be there for you to do that. Make sure that you tell Fran. Um, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. View us wherever you view um, podcasts. But yeah, um, that is all I have for this particular episode. Um, it was good, though. I, I like the fact that we were able to have the discussion uh, a it gave me a, an episode to have, <laughs> but B it was a good conversation. I mean, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation on the beach, which precipitated this conversation to do it on the, the podcast. So I appreciate um, you being willing to be vulnerable and do all that. Um, but yeah, until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. Peace and love. <laughs>